I just decided that I needed to hone back on a lot of the podcasts I listened to uh, due to uh, overwhelm and and geopolitics and stresses like that. I um I've I've just unsubscribed from twenty seven of my feeds, Ooh, but wow. don't fear. I still have one hundred and thirty so some podcasts that I'm listening to. So. Rate the Auroboros Podcast. Hey, Mark Stedman of the Podient Podcast Hosting Service. Hey, Brendan Hutchins of the Podcast Advocate Network. And welcome, Dan Lizette of the Podcast Digest. Hello, gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Brendan, you, you you gave me a recommendation of a show I know. I know. a couple I of weeks to, ago. I have some concerns about what you're about to say. And, 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 and now it's, what did you do, Brendan? What did you do? I just meant to tell you about a fun thing I like. And now you broke it. Uh, um, so for those that don't know, uh, I think uh, only a couple of days ago, um, uh, there was a post going up on the Patreon blog for the podcast. We have concerns telling their listeners and patrons, we're not doing the show anymore. We're going to finish it at the end of the month. So uh, yeah, thanks for all the support. Bye. Yeah, I had I had four years or whatever it was to, to get into the show. And uh, I've <laughs> yeah. got there in the last... Um, 10 weeks so <laughs> at least there's a whole big back catalog of really awesome shows that you can go check out yes absolutely uh and they're a very good one today about eating a foot <laughs> and a show like this ending at a point where you just got into it reminds me of a, an item that is always on my uh podcast app wish list whenever i because I, I test for like overcast and banter and a couple others and uh i'm always telling them like i want to be able to subscribe to a podcast that's either already finished or has a big back catalog where i can just say you know like a post subscribe i start from episode one i choose my rate that it automatically downloads so like maybe one a day or two a week or whatever so that i can catch up when you're so far through the previous episode or something you can start the next one exactly I want that so bad. It'd be, it'd be so easy, so much easier than like trying to remember where you left off, or even if it shows a little played icon, you have to go find it. You know, search, scroll down through, and because you don't want to just download all of them, because then you have 152, you know, podcasts, you know, keeping up storage on your phone or whatever. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, from so from one uh, podcast that's that's ending to one that's kind of just beginning. Yeah, uh, was uh, last week with your recommendation of Zigzag. Yeah, yeah. So you listened to that this week. What did you think? I I, I loved it. I was. Um, I mean, you, you were absolutely right. Like I, I was. I was in there. Um, like swimwear. Um, right from the beginning. And uh, I mean, God, they sweat. They got. They got mouths like dockers. Um, <laughs> got mouths like ship workers. Um, like 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 Glaswegian welders. Um, I didn't even know. But- <laughs> But it's brilliant. Uh, it's 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 re- it's really great. Um, and uh, I, you know, I'm fascinated by the story. I, I'm lucky in that you know a bit of the work I've done before means that I have a bit of an understanding. Uh, we are all now poisoned um, by by uh, Guitar Man, um, who I think. Oh yes, I think they forgot to credit and then just quickly tacked on someone recording it on their phone at the end. But oh, by the way, that was Martin Austwick. <laughs> Whereas like se- seasoned podcast listeners are like, isn't that Martin Austwick be- doing uh, Bi- Bitcoin as blockchain's baby? Very, very, very good listen. And and uh, I was moved to, to contact them and stuff and, and uh, got an email back from, 
I can't remember if it was from both of them or just from Anoush, but uh, it was it was lovely. So uh, yeah, really, really, really cool and a great recommendation. I'm so glad that you liked it. Um, Dan, you just had a wonderful interview on the Podcast Digest with Manoush and Jen. Really enjoyed that. Yes, thank you. That was a uh, it was a great conversation. I like you guys also loved the first couple of episodes of Zigzag, and I had actually talked with Manoush a long time ago. She was one of my early guests in the podcast digest, and I of course talked to her right after New Tech City converted over to Note to Self, and I sort of talked to her about that. And right at the beginning of of really her working with Jen Point uh, and what they did with uh, uh, Note to Self, and then so to hear about what happened with zigzag and to be able to sit down with both of them manush had to leave a little early but uh to really get into the details of kind of uh you know what they were thinking and uh, what the uh, uh behind the scenes story was of the show was uh was a great experience and i hope folks enjoyed that conversation yeah i thought it was great so uh have you got a future recommendation for me for uh, for this week my first question is, i know you're very familiar with the incomparable um world of podcasts would, would you say that's correct i'm a, i'm aware that they exist um okay. i i was a very very late comer oh, okay. um i actually don't regularly so i have the uh castro triage system yes um and i subscribe to the incomparable but it doesn't go into my play queue it goes in my inbox so that i can selectively uh choose an episode to see if i want to check it out that makes uh, sense. which is a system that i really really like and so uh it's it's in there because I, I was listening for a while and then there was a game show thing that they were doing but then I, I i discovered that they don't do the same game show every week right um but they did one that was like a panel show and that was great inconceivable inconceivable that sounds that sounds right yep 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 uh and it was great the cool thing about the incomparable game show is like you said is there's a whole bunch of different uh, different types of games that they play in the feed. And so whenever it comes up, you, you really, it's a grab bag. You really don't know what you're going to get. Um, mm. Sometimes it's uh, inconceivable or other reoccurring either panel shows or game shows, quiz shows that they do. Um, and like one of the incomparable hosts, you know, decides, Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll take this week and I'll, I'll host it. And then they, they bring along a bunch of the other um, friends of the network to come and play and it is is just absolutely hilarious to me and so I'm, I'm very curious to see if you'll enjoy it yeah uh well yes i will I'll, I'll do a proper um a proper dive into it rather than uh it's it's a little bit like the we have concerns things you know I, i'm aware of what it is um mm-hmm. and so i will uh, i will i'll endeavor to give it a bit more of a of a try and i think uh i think when i shifted over to castro i think i got rid of the game show from from my uh list so i'll, I'll let it mm-hmm. back in um and uh, i'll give some episodes a go because uh what you're describing sounds very fun um so yeah very good um we should probably bring, should probably bring Dan in. Uh, so this one's um, you may have heard of it, you may have not. It is a previous guest of mine. I almost always pick a previous guest when somebody asks me for a show, and it's not necessarily to promote my own thing, but it's just because what I do with my show is I reach out and try to talk to people whom shows I really love. So if anyone ever wants to know all the shows that I love, just look at my back catalog. That's all of them. Right? So one of them that I'm thinking about just I was just reminded of yesterday. They put a little teaser in that I believe this week yeah, they're coming back with their new season. And I'm super excited because I think this is one of the most unique shows that you can ever find to listen to. And that's from the CBC shows called Sleepover uh, with uh, Suk Yun Lee uh, is the host. And Sleepover does something that no other show that I've ever heard of does. And uh, I believe they're actually going to be picked up on TV this year, if from what I understand from the teaser. So they take three strangers 
um, and everybody has to have a problem that they need to address um, that they want help with uh, effectively. And they have to have an item that means something to them that relates to the problem. They bring the problem with their item and they all spend 24 hours overnight in a hotel room. And what you're hearing are the recordings of that experience. And these are usually three people from completely different you know, backgrounds, cultural backgrounds, personal experiences, political views, races, ages, whatever. And what you've heard, or I think they've had three seasons so far, I believe this is season four coming up. What we have heard so far in this show is just some amazing human connection. What the power of conversation is, the way these people can take somebody they've never met before and quite frankly, probably never would have spoken to before. Mm -hmm. And by the end of this, you hear them walking out of, you know, this hotel or this cat. They've done cabins, hotels, all type of things. You hear this amazing connection between multiple people and, you know, they're not always solving problems per se in 24 hours, but that, you know, their goal is to talk about it. And I've just been blown away at some of the interpersonal interactions. Sometimes you hear them very unwilling to sort of, um, you know, connect at the beginning. And by the end, you've seen a completely different side. It's a great show. It's a unique kind of study in the human condition and it's, it's edited phenomenally. It tells a story and every experience that I just described actually has three episodes. Ah, nice. So they focus an episode on each of the three people, usually about 25 to 30 minutes. So they tell the story and experience from all three of the perspectives. Uh, it's a great show. If anybody hasn't heard of it, I just think it's so unique and so different. And it's always one of my favorite shows when it drops. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, to checking that out. Speaking of recommendations and trying to find like the next uh, favorite podcast and everything, there's a couple different uh, podcast apps that are coming around. I'm trying to trying to to do just that by by using the algorithm. Yeah, um, it looks like the Baltimore Business Journal just came out with a a profile on a new app that is trying to be the Rotten Tomatoes for podcasts. Yes, uh, it's called Is It Good. Uh, and and uh, this doesn't seem to be a huge amount of information yet, but it does sound like an interesting proposition um, to just try and answer, I guess, really just to answer that crucial question of, mm-hmm. is it worth a listen? Mm-hmm. Um, and they yeah they've they've just got themselves a a boatload of investment uh, a great big novelty check <laughs> and uh so yeah there's a, they're obviously going to be uh, in development the the app looks uh, looks nice and clean um right. it's an iOS app uh, for the moment and it will be interesting to see how that progresses and and how they're able to um or how they're planning to to tackle this particular problem yeah for sure it looks like they're going to do sort of an algorithm based recommendation engine so, uh, I, and uh, from what I was reading, it looks like they're going to look through what you're listening to and use that to, to base their recommendations off of instead of something like uh, Podchaser, where it's, you're, you're rating and reviewing things and it goes into a big um, top list. And then you can just look through what the top list is. This has obviously been a long time conversation in the podcasting space. I know I've had it time and time again with folks, right? Discovery. This is all everybody's trying to solve the discovery problem. What was the latest news in the iTunes catalog a couple of weeks ago? Was it 550,000 shows? Something like that iTunes is up to. It's an insane amount of, of shows. And as a small independent podcast myself, I've definitely faced that battle of discovery, as I know probably you guys have, many folks have. And so, 
everyone's trying different ways to kind of come at this problem. And I'm looking at that, you know, the phrase rotten tomatoes for podcasts. So I'm envisioning this idea of scrolling through a bunch of potentially inter- interesting shows that an algorithm has presented to me. And I'm seeing a percentage fresh or rotten score on that show. Uh, and it, it, it kind of looks like it's trying to tackle one problem. Mention iOS, right? In apps in iOS today, you occasionally get the pop up to rate an app and you can very easily do now just pop the stars and you're good to go. You don't even have to hop over to the app store and this, that, and the other. I wonder if and when Apple's going to drop that into the podcast app where you can do something very similar, a score a show because it has popped up uh, visually into it. But then again, the question becomes how many people are staring at their phone screen while listening to a podcast in the first place? So it, it, it makes you wonder that it you know, how this particular product or this particular approach would sort of solve that same issue, right? It's all based on crowdsourcing and recommendations and people's score and evaluations uh, and how they're going to get that participation from listeners to score that. Yes. The other thing I wonder about all the time is I wonder about star ratings or review scores and things of that nature, because historically, the only people who usually are going to rate it are either the super fans or the super critical. And I don't know as a listener who's not a listener to a show if I particularly value either one of those perspectives. (laughs) You know what I mean? If you absolutely love it because the host is your uh, brother's cousin's second uncle's roommate or something and that's why you're listening, I don't know that I count your opinion. Uh, And if you've decided to unsubscribe and hate rate a show before you left it, I don't know if I count your opinion either. So what am I really getting with a score or star rating? Uh, Not to mention of those 550,000, 540,000 of them are small independent independent folks doing the best they can to put out something, and they may not have the resources or the revenue behind things like sound quality and professional editing and so on and so forth. And so, obviously, uh, you know, if you're going to gauge on that type of thing, it's not going to be great either. So, I think there's a whole ton of questions, and I think all those questions and probably a bunch more is why this problem hasn't been solved yet. Uh, so, along the same lines of um the let's see uh is it good getting that seed funding for their um development podchaser just recently closed their seed rounding as well um they uh recently posted to their blog about um where that money is going to be going what they're going to be doing next and um it's pretty pretty exciting they just um added me into their test group for a lists feature where um you can make custom lists and add little add sections and add um, comments to each podcast that you add to a list and stuff. And they're going to make it very shareable. And um, one of the things I love about Podchaser, not only that they keep adding new features and keep trying to innovate and grow is that they, um, it, it, it feels like such an independent, like, it, like it, it's not a silo like Apple podcasts or, or um, overcast or Castro, where if you share a link, you know, it just goes to that specific app. Whereas with Podchaser, it's, it's universal. They have all the different links there and it's so, it feels so much more easy to share. So Dan, uh, as the, as the man behind uh, podcast digest, one of the uh, first things that I thought that we should talk about when, uh, when Brendan and I were, were putting this particular show together is this um, thing of, of booking guests and trying to book really good guests. Um, and, I'd like to know what your thoughts are because uh, I think it's something that can really help a, a burgeoning podcast, as as I'm sure you can imagine. You know, having a having a reasonably high profile guest uh, is is very helpful, um, or can be. Does, doesn't always 
you know, work out that way. Um, and so I, I thought we could possibly start off by uh, seeing if you've got any broad tips to share on guest booking because you've had some uh you've had some very good guests on your show it's really been the most fortunate thing for me that i've been able to talk to some of the people i've talked to uh this september will be four years that i've done the podcast digest although wow congratulations (laughs) much of the second half of 17 was kind of off and i did reruns and i tried a business and it was difficult and all this other stuff but i'm kind of back to full force now but um yeah for uh just shy of three years for uh, like two years and 10 months i released a show every single week uh and that was with uh prime primarily uh, booking interviews. Um, and I will say that it is probably the hardest thing um, that I didn't necessarily anticipate when I started the show back in 2014. Uh, you know, booking a, a what you would consider to be a solid guest, an interesting guest with, an, uh, with hopefully an interesting story to tell every single week uh, consecutively was always the hardest part of running this show. Um, you have a ton of different challenges. And just to run down a handful of them uh, is how do you reach out to them? Do you reach out to them via email, via um, via social media? Is that Twitter? Is that Facebook? Is that Instagram? Who do you reach out to? I mean, I, some of the guests that I've had are part of large collectives or networks. Um, I don't even know sometimes how to find an email directly for the host, uh, you know, or or they, you know, they don't follow me on Twitter or their DMs aren't open. So how do I even get in touch with this person? Um, and then let's say you do make touch. Uh, they've got to figure out who you are. Like, why do I need to listen to you? Why are you bothering me? You're like 852 other requests I've gotten just like this this week. So why should I listen to your request and, you know, not these others or or instead of others? Uh, And then even if you make it through that hurdle, you get the challenge of scheduling, um, which is aligning the calendars to a time that they can actually do uh, and a time that you can so for the longest time, I was I had a full time day job and I would literally just do the evenings. Well, if you're reaching out to large, big name guests, this may be part of their quote job and they're looking to talk during regular hours. And if you're a part time hobbyist like myself, you can't talk during regular hours or at least it's much more difficult. I don't know. And especially during 2015 and 2016, I probably took anywhere from eight to 10 vacation days uh, to make some of those interviews work from my day job. Um, So I would say in terms of scheduling, sometimes you may have to put forward a little bit more than maybe you want to, uh, to be able to make that calendar work. Um, and in terms of access, that is the hardest thing. I still get questions nowadays, like, how did you get that guest? How did that happen And this, that, and the other? I'll tell you what, it really is, um, relentless energy, uh, is really what it is. Uh, I use email primarily, And what I did in the early days was uh, I was very, very fortunate. I think my first kind of name guess, and this was like very early on, uh, I talked to Phoebe Judge from Criminal. Nice. Um, And it was awesome. She was so kind and she was literally kind of running between appointments. She didn't even know who I was or what my show was when we hopped online. She just was willing to give the small independent person with almost no back catalog a chance. But... After we talked, and it was terrible. I I look back at the interview now, and I did not do a good job. I was nervous. (laughs) It didn't work well. But what did come from that was, and I think this is one of the keys to kind of getting a a guest booking train rolling, was I then parlayed her appearance 
into qualification for further inquiries. So after I had Phoebe Judge on my show, my email inquiry out to folks now included her as a previous guest. Uh, and then so that helps bring some type of validity to your inquiry. And then from there, it kind of kept rolling. And as my catalog got bigger and my roster of previous guests got bigger, I was able then to then tailor those guests. So I know you guys are tech guys. So am I. Um, I'm a huge tech fan of a lot of, you know, I'm mostly an, I'm an Apple guy. Um, so after I'd gotten somebody like Mike Hurley to join me from Relay FM, mm-hmm. well, that obviously helps me talk to Jason Snell, which helped me talk to John Syracuse, which helped me talk to Jim Dalrymple, and which helped me talk to Casey Liss, and so on and so forth. And so, as you have one, and I want to point out this previous guest, you know, and so that's kind of a big tool that I've used. And from there, it's just that relentless energy. It's that kind of keep checking go back. Um, there'll be a lot of non-responses. There'll be a lot of not availables, um, you know, and be willing to maybe even talk to a producer instead of the host, um, because even that can help build that credibility. So those are some of the things I've got. I'm open for other questions. <laughs> Have either of you heard uh, or uh, seen the infographic called the podcast universe? No. Yes. We, we are at yes, yes, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. yeah so it, it was a, uh, a while back and I'm trying, it's something like muffin top is the artist and I, I'm trying to, I'm struggling to find it, but I'll, I'll see if I can put it in the show notes. Um, this, this wonderful graphic artist uh, put together a infographic of probably about 150, 200 um, different podcast cover art um images on a giant infographic with little universes that kind of spread out and then it'll have it'll have like the the hosts in the middle so like Leo Laporte um uh Scott Ackerman, Dan Benjamin uh and and uh, Mike Hurley and that kind of stuff and then they'll be in their different they'll be in the Twit universe and the and the 5x5 universe and the Relay FM universe and they're all kind of connected and, the, and you know so this it's not guest appearances but it's it's when a person is hosting or co-hosting and so there'll, there'll be a bunch of different crossover like with um with tom Merritt and leo laporte have that connection and then that goes over to brian brushwood and then it goes over to justin robert young and and so on and um it, it, what you were saying dan just kind of re- reminded me of that and how you know person is connected to person is connected person and and you can build up that list of people that you've kind of connected with just by, you know, kind of having that familiarity with the, with the, the other people that they're familiar with. And then also, like you were saying, like building up that clout of having a, a decent, you know, back catalog of, of guests can give you that clout to be able to, to find new guests. That's, that's pretty um, inspiring for people who are just getting into starting to talk to guests and stuff. Um, you know, for me, like this is my first, um, guest interview show most of my stuff has has usually been like solo or just with a friend and uh it's it's cool to be able to talk to new people and and get their perspectives and everything and knowing that like my interactions with people and and i think mark just kind of reiterated this on on twitter the other day or last week uh being able to approach people both at the at the high end and low end of the spectrum in terms of popularity and and notoriety has been fascinating to see how amiable or i I think you just had this problem last week of um amenable uh amenable is that the word okay uh i think that might be yeah yeah (laughs) they are and and being able to just connect with 
with even a high profile and low prof- profile uh, podcasters. It's it's a it's an amazingly friendly and wonderful community, and and everybody just wants to to kind of get on and share and 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 talk with with everybody else. So it's it's really wonderful. And part of that is. Um make sure that your conversation with that if if you uh get a white whale or you you hook somebody that you never thought you would uh preparation super important making sure that your conversation is going to be unique uh these people especially you know towards that upper echelon have given literally hundreds of interviews in their careers uh and if you can stand out in any way shape or form uh that will mean a huge difference i remember i I tell this story and I'm sure he wouldn't mind if I were to share this. But when I interviewed Mike Hurley, one of the reasons I remember this so often was we finished our interview and right after I stopped recording, but he hadn't. And I only know that because when he shared his file with me, this was on there. (laughs) He made a comment, something to the effect of that was one of the most interesting interviews I've ever given. You're really good at this. Thanks so much. Something to that effect. That's that's awesome. Yeah. And it was like, it blew my mind. It was still in the fairly early days. I think it was somewhere around episode, you know, 45 or something like that. And it made me realize that, you know, if you make this a really interesting experience for them, then you're going to stand out. You're going to stick in their mind. And guess what? When, if they get approached by another person that you are inquiring with, Hey, I see you did this. How was that? They're going to say, no, 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 that was great. You should definitely do that. And it makes your job so much easier. That is fantastic advice and something that I think that Mark and I should really hold on to uh, with uh, upcoming guests. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've talked before about uh, a show I did called The 2014 Show. I think I mentioned it last week and yes. how the guest treadmill kind of drove me a bit mental. And it's it's a difficulty that I had with a show last week. Um and it, it, sorry, last year. Um, and it, it can be, it can be so hard. Um, and, and I think one of the things that, that, that I figured out is the, the, the show that I was doing last year kind of wanted it to be face to face. So it was doubly hard to try and find people to, uh, to get in at a specific time. But when I was, um, emailing people for, uh, the 2014 show, I found that it, it, as long as I gave enough runway, enough lead time, um, then, the it is surprising how many people actually do say yes mm. and so the thing that i think brendan was alluding to is a little thread that i i posted last week about uh discussions that i've had um with people over email uh, usually uh at, at people at sort of different levels of um busyness or uh levels in their career or, or whatever um and i tended to find that the people i i thought would possibly reply the least or uh, the the people uh i expected to not reply actually tended to and tended to reply quite helpfully um and so i you know i got some sort of mini celebrities uh people who've been on the actual radio and then uh, i spoke to helen zaltzman and she was uh very gracious and we were going to hook something up and then we didn't i actually cancelled on her in the end um and it was you know it was it was it was a great shame but these things happen. Um, but you know, it, it was people like that, that I found were actually amenable to doing this. And, and often I think it's very easy for us to get into this trap of, Oh, they're, they're not going to say no. Right. Uh, so they're, they're, they're not going to say yes. Like they're, they're not the kind of person. They're too busy. I'm, uh, I'm a minnow. They're a whale. Um, they're, they're just not going to reply. And, and honestly, it, it takes so little to actually give it a go. Um, and, and one of the things that I, I think I found helpful is when I was emailing someone before and they, they sort of complimented me on this is, I gave two versions of the same email in the same email. 
Um, and mm-hmm. so I did. Hello, person. TLDR. I'd love you to be on my show. Uh, it's about this. It, you know, uh, let me know if, if you fancy it. And then the longer version so that they knew straight away yeah. what this was going to be about. And if they wanted to say no straight away, they knew and they didn't feel pressured to have to read the whole thing and, and then just ignore it mm. because I would much rather someone said no than ignore the email. Yep. And so it kind of gave people the option when, when you know, so it, it would be very, very short. TLDR, I do a show every Monday. It's called The 2014 Show. Uh, I'd love you to come on and we can maybe talk about this. Um, and then, in you know, I would actually say in longer form, The 2014 Show is a show about this and I get guests on who talk about this and it would be really helpful. I don't have that many listeners, but it would be really fun if you blah, 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 and you do all that stuff. And um, I, I tended to find that the uptake was uh, a lot higher than I would necessarily have expected oh uh, and one of the things that i've found before and this may be your transition here brendan is that uh <laughs> you know if a lot of the people i've talked to aren't on shows where they get to talk about how something's made what their experience was in doing it the behind the scenes story and so often i hear from people at the end of the interview about no it was great to talk about that we never get to talk about the team who makes the show or we never get to really go in deep on the process and we love telling about that and so that ends up being something that again kind of back to my point before where if you have a different approach and a conversation that engages them and they like it yeah they're going to enjoy the experience and i think a lot of them have maybe done some of those in the past and are looking for that kind of conversation when they start to talk with you and uh, if you can deliver on that hope or expectation it's going to be a lot better because while we all live in a world that's you know podcasts about podcasts uh, <laughs> you know they don't and they get to have a conversation that they don't often have. Yeah, it's awesome to be able to talk about the the inner workings of the thing that you're creating. It's, and it's really quite meta that way. Um, so yeah, the Podcast Digest, you're able to interview a bunch of people about their podcast. So it's a, it's a podcast about podcasts. We make a podcast about podcasts that's talking about like how the culture affects um, affects what we're doing and how how different things relate to others. And there's a ton of other different podcasts about podcasts. I don't know if either of you listen to many, but I listen to about 15 or 20. And some of them are about like what podcasts to listen to, some about like how, how they are made and how to make them better. And I was just wondering, like, what do we think about podcasts? I mean, obviously, we're a fan of podcasts about podcasts because <laughs> we both, <laughs> we all make them. Um, but do we, do we listen to other podcasts about podcasts? And uh, is it, is it just for people who are super into podcasts that they would want to listen to something like that? Or like, are we, are we only speaking to the other super podcast fans out there? Or do you (laughs) think that there is a wider audience for something like this? That's talking about the industry. Possibly to, uh, to your latter point. Um, I, was I, I still am uh, well i was i was a patron of a podcast called the comedian's comedian and mm. i'm no longer a patron but i listen i still listen to the show and that is it's not particularly funny um it's not a comedy podcast it is a podcast about comedy mm-hmm. um and i listened to that before i got into doing improv and i had no interest in being a comedian i still have no interest in being a comedian but i i'm interested in the process and i'm interested in hearing funny people talk because funny people tend to to be very smart people and or very funny people tend to be very smart people and it's interesting to listen to smart people being interesting and smart but but you know there, there is more sort of if you like technical information that sometimes uh, or technical discussions that sometimes go in that I 
I'm not privy to, but it's still it's still interesting. And so I think there is a place for certain types of shows um, for people who are just interested in the medium uh, who don't necessarily want to make them. I mean, a show like ours, I think, has found its feet. And I think mm-hmm. the way you describe it, which which only started coming about a, a few weeks into the run, um, is this is a podcast about podcast culture. And I like that as a description because we don't just talk about specific shows. We talk about what it means to be a podcaster or or a super listener or, you know, these, these sorts of things. And I think Mm -hmm. that, that enables us to, to, to cover a wide topic, but, but also sometimes go deep into certain things. And if that interests you, then, you know, we're we're here for you. And then I think, you know, shows like Dan's, I think are, are really good deep dives into, what makes those specific creators able to do what they do. And, um, you know, that again, for those kinds of people who are, who are really interested, whether they want to make their own shows and make them better, or they just like, they just are interested in the medium. Then I think there's absolutely value for that as well. Yeah. And I would, I I would definitely agree with all of that. Uh, And back to the original question on, you know, what do we think about them? Is this for super fans only? I think my initial answer is I hope not uh, <laughs> as, as the host of one of those shows. Yeah. Uh, I hope that's not true. And I think it depends on the show before I even get into my personal opinion. I think that one of the things that I think a problem is for a larger audience for shows that are pods on pods, let's call them, is that there are way too many of those that is sort of the snake eating its own tail (laughs) situation where there are podcasts out there about how to launch a podcast and make a bunch of money. There are all these like snake oil type, go to our website to buy our ebook and sign up for our coaching class and this, that, and the other. And those pods on pods give other pods on pods a horrible name. (laughs) You know, I didn't, that didn't even cross my mind because you see the artwork for those things and they're just so salesy and, and everything like that. I tuned them out completely. Hack the podcast. And so if you yeah. if you, yeah if you have an interest in the world of podcasting maybe you're thinking about starting your own maybe you just want to know more about this medium and you start searching on one of the sites or iTunes or whatever mm-hmm. and you accidentally click on one of those or maybe a second one and then you realize well this is all crap there's no good pods and pods and you move away I think that happens way too much and I bet that that does occur and I think it damages those shows that are trying to bring a different perspective to the medium and to the industry and so with my show the podcast digest what I've done and I've told this to guests who have no idea who I am or what I do <laughs> I've always tried to say that my show is like the director commentary for a podcast yeah right so back in the dvd and blu-ray days uh before everything was streaming you used to be able to watch director's commentary and on my favorite movies i would always watch a director's commentary mm-hmm. because i found it so interesting you know what else went into that scene or how this happened you know and mm-hmm. you know the one i always say all the time i'm a huge pulp fiction fan and when i watch the director's commentary and learn that tarantino uh, actually filmed you know the dance scene and it was kind of calling out the moves with uh, uh, you know, in the in the diner with uh, Travolta and Thurman, you know, that, it's just super interesting to me about how that happened. So that was kind of the spirit and the the approach that I take with my show is that if you're a huge fan of one of the, one of my guests in one of the shows, mm-hmm. I want to tell you a story that's going to add to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that there is an audience for that. I think people are interested in that type of thing because there are so many shows out there that do have super fans. So 
I think of my show as for the super fans of the other shows uh, and try to give this as sort of a, um, you know, auxiliary material. For example, I will, um, I'll give you guys a scoop uh, if you want it, uh, depending yeah. on. I just recorded a new episode of mine um, that I talked with Madeline Barron and Samara Freemark of In the Dark. Oh, nice. Uh, and In the Dark. In the Dark Season 2's finale is coming up next week um, and you know, relevant to when this is released, when we're recording. Um, and I decided that I was going to hold that interview until basically the day after the finale with the idea that it would be sort of a partner listening to the, those who just completed Season 2 of In the Dark. Uh, so I think if... If you can add value on a, you know, with a pod on pod, that it can be something that a broader, more non-superfan audience is, you know, not just for the nerds about the industry, but for the nerds about the show um, that you potentially may be having a guest on. So obviously you've talked about uh, shows, uh, the, this uh, upcoming show, but um, what else is in the pipeline for you? Well, yep, episode 155 will be out of the week of the holiday uh, here in the States, uh, the July 4th holiday. Episode 155 will be out. Uh, in terms of other things, probably not all that much being a holiday week here in the States, other than uh, likely a lot of listening. As I mentioned, I believe a new season of Sleepovers coming out. I've got a lot of catching up to do. I just finished The West Wing, uh, actually watching all seven seasons. <gasps> so I'm... I'm I'm listening now to all the podcasts. Yes. I'm only on like two and a half of the West Wing weekly, <laughs> so uh, I'll probably do some catching up with that as well. So oh, that's uh, fun. lots of listening, a new episode, and that's about my pod week. And if you want to find my show, thepodcastdigest.com or at poddigest on Twitter. This rate is produced and presented by Brandon Hutton and Mark Stedman. Find links and show notes at bitratehut.com. Huge thanks to Dan Lillette for joining us. Stay tuned next week to see if we can cancel another long-running podcast. This podcast is produced by Podient. To find out more, visit podiantproductions.com.